Is It Transphobic? will be addressing issues of transphobia and transmisogyny. We may also address issues of racism, classism, ableism, and various other intersectional issues in this podcast. So this is a trigger warning. The panelists on Is It Transphobic? will also use strong language. So listener discretion is advised. Welcome back. So now we're going to talk a little bit about intergender wrestling. Uh, Yay, intergender wrestling. So for those that don't know what intergender wrestling is, uh, essentially anyone of any gender can wrestle one another. Um, Hypothetically, that's what it is. I know that like usually a lot of the language is men will wrestle women. Uh, But at the same time, a lot of it is like it can be a mixed tag match. So it's a number of different people in a tag team uh, fighting against one another. And again, it's all different genders fighting. Um, So with intergender wrestling... It really is. So I, yeah. I need to say I am biased in favor of intergender wrestling, but I'm going to try and field a lot of questions because there's there's a lot of pros and cons, honestly. Uh, and so I want to be able to at least like look at them, not in an objective fashion, but at least be able to present a lot of the, the issues within intergender wrestling. Uh, so that said, it started... It's not necessarily that it started this way, but a lot of where the public perception of intergender wrestling came from Andy Kaufman, uh, who would only wrestle women and had the, I believe it was the Intergender Wrestling Championship, and it was just a, a whole show. World Intergender Champion. That's Thank how he marketed himself. It was a World Intergender Champion. Because at that time, there was no other World Intergender Championship, so he served proclaim himself the World Intergender Champion. Um and then he would wrestle women very publicly on, I believe, Saturday Night Live and a couple of other spaces. Yes. Uh, uh, which brought the ire of Jerry the King Lawler, which admittedly, like, admittedly, Kaufman was so good at being a heat magnet that people wanted to see him get his ass kicked. And it what what is required viewing for everyone, regardless of if you like wrestling or not, is watching Jerry Lawler versus Andy Kaufman and watching Andy Kaufman constantly get out of the ring, not touch Jerry. And just the, the storytelling of him fighting Jerry Lawler is absolutely required viewing for everyone. Um, it, it is say, one of the, one of the best um, story angles that they have done in, in, in professional wrestling and there was so much that was kept out of like people knowing that, that that this was a work, you know, like that was the beauty of it because and now we have such a media so it's a little bit easier to like you know, like um, people finding out things. But like back in the day, there was no social media, there was it was a little bit easier to keep like certain things hidden from like the viewers and that story of like uh, Andy Kaufman and then having Jerry Lawler too in it, oh my gosh, that was fantastic and um and and then we know that uh jerry lauder the his finisher was a pod driver so then you have like uh on the cavman overselling the fact that i just took a pod driver my neck you know we're like (laughs) (laughs) well and and the pile driver can be a very dangerous maneuver if it is uh, a dangerous move yeah like it's it's one of the ones that tends to get banned in a lot of like I know WWE doesn't allow for a traditional pile driver. Banning um, quotation marks, you know, banned. Yeah. Um, banned. Yeah. <laughs> um, because yeah, it can really it can really mess up your neck. Um, I mean, well, look at what happened to Stone Cold Steve Austin. Like when he was wrestling uh, Owen Hart, you know, that was a bunch pile driver there. That's what um, ended up. Uh, um, getting Stone Cold uh, out for a while in WWE before he, he became champion, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that, that like, and he, he's, like, a lot of people say that that took years off of his career just because it, it'll, it'll fuck up your neck. Um, so I'm curious about intergender wrestling. So basically, like, that's where a lot of the public perception of it started, uh, and it progressed a lot, and it, it really was a good way to get heat for a heel. So it traditionally, like, honestly, would be... Yeah, like it was a a heel male versus uh, the underdog female competitor. And again, like great way to generate heat, especially amongst a crowd that was 
upholding traditional gender norms and looking to basically like see this guy oh they they want to push for the woman but there's no way the woman can win there's no way how could she how could she possibly um and then glad that you mentioned that because that is the way that uh, it has always most of the time has been presented intergender wrestling it's like the heel usually tends to be the guy and uh is the guy going like Oh my God! Why I'm wrestling this woman? She's tiny. I'm stronger than her. Listen, honey, I'm going to let you get out of the ring because this is my business, not yours. You know that kind of storyline in there that gets old over with, with time, and it's like I, I I hate to see it being done over and over and over and over. It gets boring, you know. It's it it, it and um, but it degenerated a lot of hit back in the day, like um. Mm-hmm. Because people are biased with like this gender norms, like you say, you know, like usually the, um, the 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 men that were involved in that kind of matches they were big and the women had uh, their they were smaller. Um, but there are there have been other um, changes too over time, you know, like um, in terms of that of of changing that, you know, like when you look at China for example, you know, mm. now. Now things change over there because, like China, in some cases, she was bigger than some of the guys that she wrestled to. Um, and but but it's a storyline that uh, I'm not going to deny that I didn't do it because I did it before I transitioned. I played that um, oh, with that storyline. One of my ma- first matches when I moved from Puerto Rico to to New York back in 2005 was against. Um, a woman, and uh, I did play exactly that storyline that you just said, you know, of mm. like, oh, I'm the guy, you shouldn't be here, this is my ring, you cannot be here because you're a woman, you cannot wrestle me. Mm. And it, it it did got the audience fire up, but I I, I didn't like it. I, I, I don't like it. I didn't like the way that it was uh, that it was done. And I still don't like when I see matches like playing the the intergender matches like that it's it's like come on with something new you know it's it's time to come up with uh change things a little bit not that mm-hmm. kind of like way of doing it and when you watch the the link that you said that that, that the link that you sent when you look at the storyline almost all the storylines were going the same direction too you know yeah like i'm i'm okay with it to start as long as immediately it gets put away and then boom we're we're kicking it into gear and this is an actual competitive match um but yeah no i agree i feel like that story's been told it's been told a billion times yes it's easy heat but at the same time like okay let's let's move things along uh and show that these two people are just so competitive um i i'm curious because i know i avoided a lot of sports growing up and part of that i'm realizing is because of trans identity and figuring out identity politics um but from what I understand in professional wrestling as well as amateur wrestling, there isn't a lot of call for, or not call for, but there isn't a lot of uh, cis women looking to get into the sport. And that can be for various reasons, but because of that, there aren't a lot of dedicated schools and coaching. So I'm, so it is, and correct me if I'm, I'm overstay, overstepping, but it, it feels like this is a... Um, a case where in order to train them, they need to work with men early on. Um, There's no, there are not many wrestling schools that are specific for women. If you are a woman or you're even like, um, even a GLBT person that wants to get into a wrestling business, you have to get in, in one school and uh, you may find there that the trainer or whoever runs a school, maybe they are not the most open-minded person ever. But that's the only way to get into into the business. There are some schools out there that are more accepting, and 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 I, I can I can say that the one that I went to in Massachusetts, which uh, Kevin Landry, like mm. he's very accepting. Like uh, the people there are very nice. You know, there was never a, a comment that was negative there against LGBT people while I was uh, training there. You know, mm. um, but but even doesn't matter who you are, you know, like man, woman, transgender, um, non-binary. Like if you want to get in the wrestling business, you have to go to a wrestling school. And the wrestling school, you're going to, if you want to be a wrestler, you are going to get the same training that anybody gets. It's, there's no like a, like a different training for women. No, it's the same training. Um, you need to learn how to bump. You need to take how, how to, you need to know how to take the move safely. You need to know how to do the move safely. And the training is going to be um, 
it's going to be tough. It's not an easy training. If uh, it's painful sometimes, like I remember even when I started back in 1999, it was painful. I was sore all the time, you know. It's uh, you really have to like being punished pretty much, you know. Um, and 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 not many. There were not many women when I was uh, when I started training in Puerto Rico. Um, in 2000, I went to a monster factory. And um, at the Monster Factory, there was only one one woman there training with us. Can you just explain what the Monster Factory is? I I'm the just Monster Factory is uh, one of the best wrestling school that in the in the wrestling business. They are located in Paulsboro, mm-hmm. New Jersey. Um, back the Monster Factory was great. Uh, the previous owner was Larry Sharp, and uh, I got the chance to meet him one when, when I trained there. Uh, the current trainer and owner is uh, Danny Cage. He was also a, a student there, and I and I think I may have wrestled Danny Cage, um, and 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 now he runs a school. Um, and it's what it, anybody considering a serious career in wrestling should go to a Monster Factory. I think that's probably one of the best school they that mm-hmm. in the in the in the wrestling business they have had like people from the school like Sheamus trained there, mm-hmm. uh, Damian. Um, uh, forgot the name uh damien sando no damien sando oh, okay. no. Uh, i was wondering i was like wait oh, no it's it was a the one that they he used to uh he used to go by punishment martinez uh oh oh oh, yeah. oh oh yeah uh, uh uh oh man now i can't think of his name he shoots the arrows now um yeah he he, he trained there he damien, priest? damien priest yeah damien priest exactly thank you <laughs> Um, so he trained there. <laughs> he, he trained there at Monster Factory. Um, uh, who else? I think uh, Big Show too. Uh, so there were a bunch. There, there are a bunch of wrestlers that have been in NXT. Uh, Matt Riddle too uh, trained there too. Mm-hmm. Matt Riddle uh, trained at the Monster Factory. Diona Purrazzo too. So it's probably one of the best schools in the business uh, to for anybody that is interested and. Back when I had, went there in 2000, there was only one woman in there training. Um, that changed when I went in uh, back again for a seminar with uh, Bill DeMont in 2016. Um, yeah, in 2016, I went to a seminar there in October. And um, there were more women training there than were before. So the business has changed. But you still have to go to a wrestling school to learn. And um, it, it like, like I said, it doesn't matter. Um, who you are, you need to get to a wrestling school. And the more reputable the school is, the better your chances of making it big in the business. And um, but also, it's important to get a good training because also when you are in the ring, you need to have a good knowledge of the bases. You know, you don't want to get in the in the ring uh, without knowing the bases. You know, your your life depends on it, and your opponent's life de- depend on it too. So, mm. uh, the better the school. It's going to be more expensive, but at the same time, you're going to get the better, a better training, and it will make you a better wrestler too. Mm. Well, now, uh, and you you bring up the the idea of safety, and I think that a lot of people's worry about intergender wrestling stems from the fact that they feel like it's unsafe to put uh, a male individual against a female individual um silas just as someone who is again coming into this as an outsider is this a thing that you see as well is this a thing that you're worried about where do you think this sort of uh fear comes from i I can see where the fear comes from i personally um i i'm i'm supportive i don't i don't see too much of a problem i mean especially i guess my real question is when people are, are are asking you know is this safe you know, are these people who understand that this is a performance? You know, are these people who who are are thinking that this is like an actual like competition that's not prearranged and that sort of thing? Mm-hmm. Um, because a lot of people's fears come from you know, there's a lot of conversation around sports and can you know women and men compete together and is it fair and how much advantage is there? You know, which I already find a little silly because any kind of physical contest or even physical activity like dancing or wrestling or acrobatics is based on like physical prowess. You know, if there's already a hierarchy there before you try to sort people by gender or whatever you want to do. And, you know, Mm -hmm. so it, it feels a little arbitrary to be like, 
this is the line. But, you know, you could have two people who are, you know, cis women who are very, very different physically, who, you know, one of them had more advantages in life to get better training or anything like it. So it kind of seems like a moot point to me. But then with wrestling, on top of that, this is something that is actually, you know, theater is actually a performance. You know, it's not, you know, some kind of like ultimate fighting scenario where those questions come in. So for me, I would think that if anything, you know, the idea of intergender wrestling doing brought in would almost be a, a good thing. If people are concerned, they should be concerned because they could, should be concerned about every performer and every performer's safety. And so if you're going to be like, oh, we're only like worried about it now that you know, women are facing men, now we have to be concerned, you, you, that, that awareness should already be there for anybody who's fighting, including you know, two guys. So um, you know, knowing enough about how it works, I, I would think that the only concern would be you know, a concern that's just as valid for the schools. If you're talking about you know, there's no dedicated schools for women, so you're always doing this thing where you are putting people in this space and you know, are they you know, subject to harassment? Are they subject to you know, that kind of thing? That's always going to be a dynamic but that's just a life dynamic, and so it should be addressed. But it's not like the solution is to segregate people by, you know, biology or something like that. Um, we have to make the distinction here, like uh, between professional wrestling and and amateur wrestling, because like I f I feel that uh, the opponents of intergender wrestling they are they, they they are kind of thinking of like wrestling as it is a real sport and. You have to be make the um, you have to make the difference clear. You know, it's it's not amateur wrestling. Amateur wrestling is totally completely different. And even then, amateur wrestling, like um, you have uh, you don't have many women that go into into that sport either. So in some cases, you cannot have like a like a league for for women or or girls to go to, to go into amateur wrestling. So if they want to compete, they have to wrestle the the boys, you know, um, and but in amateur wrestling, they have weight classes. So like, if it's not like you can put a 200-pound boy against a what 90-pound uh, uh, girl because that's not going to happen. You know, they have weight classes for one reason there to try to keep the advantages at a minimum. You know, mm -hmm. um, and uh, that's one thing, and um, it, it's also quite interesting too because sometimes like in um, and I've been in a, I've been following some articles when there are like uh, competitions of uh, of wrestling in uh, in uh, in the area um, I know in, in Albany they have like all the schools uh, they have their big competition in the in the in the arena uh, and and some boys they have backed down from competition because oh I was told that I that is wrong to fight women, so I'm not. Go I'm going to back down from that. Um, it comes to values of, uh, or I don't want to say values, you know, but, but but yeah, old values that people have created of like, oh, I'm an, you know, hit a woman. I'm not saying that it's not a value because it, it's actually real, uh, but it's like antiquated ideas of gender and gender um, expression, you know. But also, it's it comes also to a, to what people imagine in uh, in their mind of what a man and a woman is. Ideas of like conceive of gender, you know. Because if I say, oh, this man is going to wrestle a woman, um, what would be the picture that you are thinking? You know, um, in, in some cases, people kind of come with the idea of like seeing a woman that might be stronger than a man. Uh, they might think of like a man that is like totally completely ripped, you know, like to a point of looking like Hulk Hogan versus a woman that will be teeny tiny, you know, and uh, not have a lot of mm. muscle mass, you know. Um, so it's not it's not Hulk Hogan versus Miss Elizabeth. It's China versus like exactly like when I step into a ring, it's like I define gender norms, you know, like I'm not a I, I'm not the the tiny woman that is going to that to, to be there you know um I, i'm a big woman i have muscle i can live like uh somebody that that weighs 200 pounds like nothing too so it's it changes the dynamic of like what people are going to expect and uh so 
when you hear people like that, that that are opposing, I get their arguments. I understand that. I understand why why it's wrong because there are countries that uh, women experience violence. You know, like Latin America is one of those. You know, um, in the, in my culture, that was something engraved. You know, I've seen how some men treat women, and and I and, and I'm against that. You know, but when it comes to wrestling ring and to competing in wrestling, like I think if uh, any any girl that is thinking or any woman that is thinking going to amateur wrestling or even professional wrestling, you know the risk. You are accepting the risk. You know what you're getting into. You know that you can get hurt. That's something there. And it, and getting hurt is something regardless of the, your gender, you know, because there are some sports that have some more risk than other. And uh, that's the thing that, that, that comes in, into it. Like they're, they're getting there. They know the risk. They want to compete. And they have the right to compete, you know. And what is more interesting is like, uh, I, I don't remember how many weeks ago, but like I saw an article of a of a girl winning the championship in North Carolina. And this is a, we're talking about amateur wrestling. So, what kind of advantages are are we talking now? You know, because yeah. that is just um, putting things into more perspective. You know. And I when was it comes say, to pro we were talking... advantage is pro wrestling. Mm -hmm. And whoever says that a transgender person will have an advantage or like a woman will have an advantage or a man will have an advantage in professional wrestling, come on, please. <laughs> no, it doesn't work that way. <laughs> you, you know who has the biggest advantage in pro wrestling is the booker. <laughs> <It's> the <person. laughs> yeah, exactly. Like if the booker yep. tells you to go to, to, to win, you're winning, you know, regardless of your gender, doesn't matter. Yep. But if the booker yes. tells you that you're going to lose, you're going to lose, you know? Like, there's no advantage in professional wrestling because it's a performance. And yeah. again, kayfabe. I'm sorry we're doing this, but like... I... We're destroying everything. It's just the way that the business is. Uh, professional wrestling storytelling, and, and, and that's what you're trying to achieve when you get intergender matches. Same thing, regardless, regardless... Actually, let me put it this way. Regardless of what the gender of the person is that is in a wrestling match, you want to tell a story in the ring. That's what you want to do. It's, and it's going to be good versus evil. Now, how you tell a story, that depends on the people that you have in that, in, in, in that story. But there's no advantage in professional wrestling. Don't, don't look at it like it's a real sport, you know? It's, well, that, it I guess that's sense. my question. Does your most people know that it's not a real sport. Most people know that it's pre-decided and then know. it's a piece of theater, right? They Do they say? <laughs> you know. But concerns, I like, assume but I everybody feel, knows, I... but then sometimes I'm like, maybe they don't. They, I, they I have run know. into people. Go, I mean, you, you go ahead, but yeah, I, I got anecdotes you know, too. When you have uh, professional wrestlers or former professional wrestlers complaining about Nyla being in wrestling, it makes you question whether they understand the business or not. <laughs> and I, and I'm not that. I, I, I am nobody. I, I don't think no many people know about me. And but I've been in the business for so long that when I when I hear that person that is in the business, because I've been taught about this too. Um, I remember I was training at school here in Albany, and um, back in 2016, I was like. Oh, I don't think he wants to put you because if he puts you there, you, you you have an advantage. And I'm looking at the person that is in the wrestling school like, what? Like, <laughs> like, do you have advantage? Wait, who, who are you? Are you paying attention to your training? Like, advantage in wrestling? <laughs> like, seriously, come on. Uh, uh, so, like, I'm seeing, like, others. So, when I see Jim Cornette and, 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 and Val Venis and, and people like this Conferno complain about, like, Nala having an advantage on wrestling, I'm like, no. Like, 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 seriously, you guys were in the business and you're telling me this, that, that, that she has an advantage and, and you're agreeing with, like, what the rest of society thinks. And, it, and even there, like, people complain on Facebook about it. Like, even wrestling fans that know that wrestling is fake, they still complain about it. And it's like, come on. And even then, that that F word is one that I know you use. You can use it all you want. But yeah, that F word is one uh, I try never to use because I know, like, the injuries are real. The athleticism is real. There's a lot of reality in it. It's just, is the storyline real? No. <laughs> like, it's a word. That's the word that we like yeah. to use. It's not the word. It's not the F word. And, and, and <laughs> I, I, I'm going to use it. Because you can use it all you want. <laughs> People saying that wrestling is fake. No, you don't say that. 
Wrestling is yeah. not fake. It's happening. You're taking a fall in the ring. You're taking a fall in the ring. You're taking a fall outside yeah. of the ring. You're taking a fall outside of the ring. And trust me, it freaking hurts. When you take a yeah. fall in the ring and you land badly in the ring, it's hurt. It's going to leave a sore mark in there. It's going to make, give you a bruise. You know, I've been bruised myself because of the hormones that I'm taking. I bruise more easily than all that, that, than before, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so to say that it's fake, no, it's not fake. Never say that. It is a work that is scripted. Yes, it is scripted. It's a, it's choreography. What you are saying is stage combat. I like to call it right. stage combat because it's like it is stage combat. You know. Yeah. So I I will say I will throw out uh, part of the reason that uh, this this idea of does it promote violence against women comes up is because a I know that's a, a reason, and I don't know how true this is, but it's a reason that I've heard that uh, WWE will never have. Uh, large-scale women versus men again, uh, except for occasional like bumps at WrestleMania because they're worried that Mattel will pull their, or whoever is currently doing their, their toy line will pull their toy line. Um, the other, the other, so like I can understand that even though it's sad and even though like the mixed match challenge would have been much better if we could watch Finn Balor versus Asuka. Um, but that's just me fantasy booking. Uh, the other, the other thing, <laughs> and these are things that I've experienced and that I've heard from people's experiences. I know uh, I was talking with someone who I was working a show with, uh, and by working a show I mean a, a, a theater show. Uh, but I was working a show, and we were talking about how she got a free ticket from a friend to go see an NXT event, and how sh- there was a, a bump where a woman took a bump from a man and the way that the crowd reacted and it was just this like and yes the idea was like she was an evil evil character but that she got hit by a man it was like a bigger pop than any other thing in the arena uh and i i was actually at monday night raw a little while ago i took uh my my wife treated me to a ticket because we were able to get cheap tickets at the barclay center and i watched uh randy orton give an rko to beth phoenix and you could tell everyone like she got like his music hit and people were calling for him to attack her and part of it is she's been in the business she is a worker she just recently was in the royal rumble like it's not like she's some woman on the street who doesn't know what she's doing but at the same time like just that that feeling i get why people are worried about that in some way because honestly like even then there, there are a lot of people, and this is just like crowd mentality. There are a lot of predominantly male people who want to see it happen, and it, it's, it's. I'm not going to say it's not a thing. At the same time, yeah, I still am more in favor of intergender wrestling because they are in charge of the storyline. And the thing that I've seen, and the reason that I'm there, is because if. A, like you you want to be safe because you don't want to be known as someone who is unsafe in the ring. And you're really going to get that reputation if you're unsafe. If you're if you're a male super if you're a male superstar, if you're a male uh performer, if you're a male wrestler and you are unsafe particularly to a a female co uh co-wrestler is the word I'm going to use. <laughs> uh I guarantee you that's not the word, but like co-worker, your co-worker. Uh thank you co-worker you're gonna get even bigger of a reputation uh, of being unsafe and i i guess like seeing the aftercare that a lot of them go through like hey are you okay was that okay are you all right um has been really good it feels very for lack of a better term like like part of like the bdsm community is that idea of like i'm not necessarily a part of it but i know about the aftercare of it where like if you do it like hey was that okay are you all right is there anything we should talk about let's go over things um and kind of like seeing a lot of backstage stuff where they're doing the aftercare and making sure everyone is okay and what the next steps if things are not okay are is sort of what makes me a lot more okay with it because i feel like everything i'm seeing that just happened and 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 it's something that actually happens too like Mm. um i know it's i'm not with WWE, so I cannot speak for WWE, but like usually, like um, wrestling tend to be such a close-knitted group. You know, it's like it's like your second family. You know, so when you are um, when you are in the in in the locker room, like 
you discuss things, uh, what you're going to do in a wrestling match uh, with a with the other person, and uh, like I just had an inter a mixed tag match recently. I I, I know I sent you the link, you know, and um, I I did wanted to stay away from the old ideas of 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 like gender and all that kind of stuff, so I went in a total different direction. But I asked the person that I was working with, hey, will you be comfortable if I do this in the in, in the match? You know, will it be okay? Will you be o opposed to that? And 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 I discussed that with a person before I even got in the ring and did, and did what I wanted to do. Um, so yeah, the the the, the self care that's something that happens, and it actually have a preacher that it has to happen in WWE too. You know, um, and and. And I think if you watch the old interviews of like, for example, I think uh, Bob Holly talking to uh, May Young, um, mm. and and I know I'm bringing May Young, but like I I, I think it's because <laughs> there's a story that Bob Holly has told in the ring. It's like May Young telling Bob Holly, "Hey, you better hit me good with that line," you know. And Bob Holly being concerned, <laughs> like, "Okay, I'm going to hit you. I am sorry if I hit you too hard." And May Young tell Bob Holly, like. Listen, if you don't hit me, I'm going to stand up and I hit you harder. And, uh, <laughs> so, yeah. so yeah, but Bob Holly always tells that story. But 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 that's how the level of respect has been in WWE in wrestling forever. So like when 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 people get concerned about the safety, yeah, I get it. It's it's unsafe. Um, I also understand that they're coming from a different mentality in, in our society. You know. But you also have to understand that this is wrestling, and if you accept to be booked in a show, you are you understand the risk of getting involved in that match. It's not like it, like I don't think any sport, like even in 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 boxing or MMA, if somebody accepts to go into a fight with somebody of a different gender, whether it's in pro wrestling, MMA will not probably do it. You know, they they will not allow that to happen. But uh, in professional wrestling, you. Think of it this way: you you are accepting to be in that ring with that person. You are accepting the risk. It's different from real life, you know. It's it's it's, it's very different. Uh, I don't think it promotes violence against women. And whoever says that way really needs to rethink their ideas, of like what the sport is, because like wrestling is as is pretending to be a sport. Yeah, but the but but the way to view it is like okay, a person that is accepting to get in that ring with a person, they are accepting it because they understand the risk. So it's not happening because of of somebody wanted to do that in the streets. You know, it's different. You know, it's still like completely different. You cannot look at yeah. the two cases the same way. You know, and yeah. and I think that's the key in there. You know, it's it's getting away from that mentality of like, oh my God, it's wrong because in real life it's wrong. Yeah, real life is wrong because that is unwanted. That is not acceptable. You know. That and, and it doesn't matter. It shouldn't be. It should matter whether it's a woman or not. It should, it, it should matter a person that is attacked violently. You know, that person never authorized that other person to attack them. You know, um, that's a violation of uh, of somebody else's space. You know, mm. like that in in real life. But in the ring, if a person gets in the ring and they want to accept a wrestling match, that's different. You know, mm. it's still like completely different. Yeah, and I think from like an audience perspective and an optics perspective, anytime you're telling a story about violence, you do need to consider what kind of story you're telling. And, and you know, whether it be a superhero movie or pro wrestling or anything like that, that's always a part of it. And I think it's a mistake to be like, the issue is the gender match not how we tell a story, not how we acknowledge that we are telling a story in a medium that is about, that is staged in violence, that is about this kind of physical thing. And you can't really control what your audience is going to bring to that. Um, and I always think about, you know, when, the, when Captain Marvel came out and everybody was so, like all the like MEMS rights guys were so upset because Nick Fury did dishes and <laughs> I didn't even hear about the, that. Oh my got, god! Okay. Oh, oh, it was a whole thing. It was really intense. <laughs> Everyone was, everybody was mad. Um, and you know, so you had this moment where, like, the audience was bringing something very toxic to this. But the story that you're telling, if it is not toxic, you have to rely on it to stand on its own merits. And I think, especially with something like this, if you were like, oh, our audience is. Gonna, to, or a portion of our audience is going to bring too much toxicity or they're going to say, you know, someone who's going to be like, now that there's intergender wrestling, I can be violent towards women is going to find that anywhere. Like that is their perspective. And by 
by integrating it and by putting storylines that are not about, you know, power imbalance and violence and, and, and suppressing women, you're actually going to be sending the opposite message. And you're actually going to be building up a culture and an aspect of culture that is now saying, we don't subscribe to, you know, this sort of, because the, women are too fragile to be hit is part of the narrative of domestic violence. It's like, let's, oh, women can't handle anything and they're sheltered. That, that is also misogyny and that is also repressing them in a different way, but it's all sort of interconnected. So you're actually, the thing you're afraid of encouraging, you're actually encouraging if you're like, well, then we just can't touch this issue. Yeah. And if you're, and if your first response to that statement is, oh, does that mean that I can hit women now? Then fuck off. But yeah, because <laughs> and, and I have heard <laughs> men say things like that in similar instances of like, oh, you know, and that means it's all free for all or, you know, and it's it's you you already thought that you were already you yeah. were just looking for a justification to say it out loud. And we all know that that's what it is. So we've got to start wrapping up. But before we do, I do want to talk about the implication of um, this this idea of intergender meaning only man versus only woman uh, cutting out potential non-binary wrestlers. And they do exist. I know. Uh, oh, what is it? Still Life with Peaches and I can never remember their name. Yeah. Still Life with Peaches and Apricots. <laughs> yeah. 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 That one. They are, they are, A, they are fantastic. Like, I really, like, seek out some of their matches. Seek out, honestly, their one with Orange Cassidy is amazing. Um, just so many fruits. I'm, I'm, I'm there. <laughs> Sounds <laughs> great. Honestly, Silas, I think you would love uh, Still Life with Peaches and Apricots because they do this, like, they're basically like an over the top, like, art piece themselves. Oh, my goodness. And yes. so they're like, oh yeah, no, they're they're delightful. Uh, but also there was this like really heartwarming and amazing moment at a wrestling match where this happened, where they were facing uh, someone and someone misgendered them, not maliciously, not intentionally, just like misgendered them, and the crowd started chanting "they." <laughs> and, oh, and so the guy, the guy was like, oh. but the guy was like, all right, I don't want to get that kind of heat. So they're like, so they, they kind of, I forget if they apologized or what they did, but they like, they went with it. They were like, okay, yeah. <laughs> Sometimes the crowd is going to get that kind of heat. Like that's one of the things that I'm like, as a transgender worker, I know that that could happen. Like somebody in the audience can see me, like, especially because like I don't, I don't meet the the norms of femininity. You know, like I'm a big woman. You know. Um, and I think the crowd has an idea, a different idea of like what a what a woman look, should look like, you know. Because I don't meet those norms. Sometimes like I've gotten in, I gotten that kind of heat, you know. It's unwanted, but like sometimes I just like, okay, so you're giving feeding me this, okay, I use that, sure, why not, you know? But I don't like it, you know. It, it happens to me in one time. Like yeah. I had a lady in in Vermont yelling at me like constantly you are a man, you are a man, and all that kind of stuff. And I'm like, listen, lady, I can be whatever you want me to be, man or woman, you know? And But the, she was angry, and, and she started using that against me. And I and I don't like it, but sometimes you never know how the crowd is going to react. But, like, going back to what you said about intergender wrestling, um, you know, it may, it may be, that, like, it's just wrestling, you know? Like, anybody can participate in wrestling, you know? And... I don't think you need to. You don't need to book the matches being intergender if you're going to have a diverse group of workers. It's just wrestling, you know. That we yeah. use just the word intergender yeah. because we, as a society, are biased on like that there are two genders, man and woman. But like, no, uh, yeah. it's, it's we shouldn't be <laughs> no. limiting ourselves. <laughs> no. You know, it's wrestling. You know, yeah. whoever wants to participate can participate. Mm -hmm. We'll take you. You know. Well, and, and I guess like more more my point was like especially in some in an institution like WWE where they segment it specifically that these like this gender cannot physically attack that gender, um, it, it does cut out a lot of the the non-binary potential yep. representation. Uh, or it not only forces cuts down them... the binary representation, but also it cuts down all the stuff that you could see happening in wrestling matches that would be amazing to. To see, you know, like you mentioned seeing Asuka versus Finn Balor, mm -hmm. that would be something that I would love to see somehow, you know? I bet they would have fun doing that too, honestly. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. But mm -hmm. because they are like limiting like what they can do in the ring, the, what the performers can do in the ring, they are just like 
cutting short on 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 the possibilities there, you know. Mm -hmm. And I'm just glad that in the independent circuit, like that's usually not the case. Um, but in mainstream, at least most of what I have seen, like because even AEW, even though AEW is like highly open-minded, I still haven't seen an intergender match being booked in the immediate future yet. Uh, neither yeah. Ring of Honor. So, but in the other independent uh, organization, like you have Tessa Blanchard in in Impact, like being the 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 world the world uh, champion, champion, which is not yeah. not just like the women's champion, like because she I think she has been a women's champion, but she is the world or was I don't know I I haven't followed Impact in a while, but she for a time has been the world champion, the number one champ of Impact, um, and that's that's and also. I know that she like has a lot of backlash. She is really good in the ring. I don't know about the backlash. I don't know any of the the backstage politics really. Uh, but at the same time, like yeah, I know she as far as like technical skill and what she's able to bring to the ring, she's very good. Um, yeah. And for example, you, Lucha Underground too. Like um, yeah. Lucha Underground I mean, was very progressive star, in, the, yeah. in, in, <laughs> in that case where you have like sexy star. Yeah. Um, yeah. She was a like, champion, but like Ivelisse, she was part of like uh, with uh, Angelico and. Um, yeah, oh, I forgot his name. Son, uh, Son of, of Havoc. Havoc. Yes, yeah. Ivelisse, yep. Son of Havoc, and Angelico. They were like uh, trios champions. So, yeah, you know, like yeah. like, like intergender wrestling doesn't have to be limiting. The, you, I mean, uh, sorry, uh, intergender wrestling doesn't have to be limited in terms of storyline to like being a man and a woman, and being always the the same um, the same. Um, idea of like oh it's a man being a being the heel you know you don't have to meet that all the time that gets boring um and then the other thing it doesn't have to be in wrestling doesn't have to be limited only to men women in one division men and women in one division you know i feel like it's time maybe to move if we want to move wrestling business forward and then we should ditch that and just have like um men and women just wrestling each other you know as it yeah. as in wrestling, you know, and and just creating storyline based on that, on the characters that are involved, regardless whether they are um, man or woman or transgender or non-binary, you know, that's that actually will be a big improvement in terms of like uh, wrestling storyline. And I know that there are promotions that are getting to that point, you know, um, but there are not enough promotions that that do that. Uh, there are very few, um, and it may take a little bit longer before we get to that point. Yeah. So, because we got to start wrapping up, because we're reaching beyond the time, and I really appreciate you for for going long with me. Uh -huh. um, so we normally, and there's there's no way that we can necessarily do this. Uh, we'd normally ask if things were enjoyable and things are transphobic. Um, I guess I would say just uh, both from uh, the the perspective of Nyla Rose as well as uh, the idea of intergender wrestling. If you have anything that you just haven't been able to say that you really want to make sure people hear. Uh, what, yeah, what, is there anything that you want to make sure people hear that we didn't get to talk about in either of those subjects? I think we cover everything, you know, honestly, like it's, yeah. it's been an interesting discussion <laughs> and, and I think I was bottling, uh, myself, a, a bunch of stuff, you know, and it's like, oh, that's the, that's the best place to talk about it. You know, um, yeah. I think what we have to keep in mind is like, um, be open. Like if you are a person that has a wrestling school and you are trying to be inclusive of people, you know, be careful what you say on training. You know, you don't want to discourage like people that, that, that may be part of the LBT community from, from getting into wrestling. Um, that's something, one of the things that I, that, that I want, um, that, that I feel is important. If you are a promoter, be open-minded, you know, don't just book matches because, especially when it comes to women wrestling, don't, just don't book matches because you think that the women are just like a way of like attracting men to see their show. No, don't don't do that. You know, book women because of the skills that they have. You know, and um, and uh, don't be afraid of like going or having intergender matches. You know, like some there's people that are going to enjoy that. You know, and. Uh, and just stay away from stereotypes too, you know. Like as a transgender woman, like I don't want to to be booked like 
like, oh, I want you to say that you're transgender. No, I don't want that to happen, you know. If the crowd treat me as being trans, that's different, but, like, I don't want to be booked like that, you know. I, I, I got my own gimmick. I'm a, I'm a psycho clown that came from the circus, and I have a whip that I'm going to use to destroy my opponents, you know. That's my gimmick, you know. <laughs> I want to be booked with my gimmick. I don't yeah. want to be booked as a transgender woman. No, 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 no. Yeah, don't treat me as a trans woman. Treat me as a psycho clown from the circus. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's more than yeah, what we all want, really. <laughs> I feel. I feel as a. I feel as a trans woman. Sometimes people do treat me as a psycho clown from the circus, but that's okay. But... I don't. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Paula. I think I'm speechless at this point. <laughs> I, I was just going to say that clowns, clowns have no gender, you know. Uh, that's, like, uh, I buy that. No gender. Uh, yeah. Right. We're just clowns. We don't. We don't. We don't care about gender. You know. Um, <laughs> we're gonna. We're gonna get Rachel. We're gonna get well, Rachel. What's in your pants? Wait, what? Yeah. The Skype. The Skype ruined. Unfortunately, the Skype ruined it. And it just. But I'm. I'm with you. Um, but yeah, Silas. Do you have anything that you want to say, just as uh, parting thoughts on this? No, I, I think we covered everything, really. It's been really enjoyable. I, I, um, I wasn't unfamiliar with Nyla Rose and oh, my heart. Mm-hmm. Uh, everything, everything that I'm learning about uh, wrestling, you know, is as someone who didn't know enough about it to even know and just sort of assumed it wasn't for me and, and discovering sort of like the theater and, and, and the culture behind it, as you said, like the way that people support them. I think it can be really easy to sort of be like, oh, like it's more like a just violence, boxing, you know, fighting sort of thing. And it's really it's something completely different. Um, and I, I like that I could I could communicate that to someone else if they were ever curious about it. And I, I agree. All all genders can wrestle. Why are we still putting labels on it? But why are we putting labels on gender in any respect? So, yeah. Uh, I I will say the last thing that I'm going to say is uh, I grew up watching wrestling. I quit watching wrestling for quite a while, but uh, there was a time where I really wanted to be a pro wrestler. And so I, I just honestly didn't think I could work within a system that was sort of a boys club. And it, even though I was at the time presenting male and had no idea that I was trans, it was still a thing where it's like, I don't know that I necessarily want to put myself in there. And there has been so much progress backstage and so much progress because of indie wrestling and the way that a lot of indie wrestling promotions have been able to work that has made me as someone who is a fan and who uh, probably isn't ever going to train, but is very happy to just be a fan and uh, create art that is in some way influenced and inspired by pro wrestling. Uh, It's just it really makes me very happy to see that. Uh, so I, I think that's the, the way that I'm going to leave it. Um, Paula, how can people find out more about you? How can they find out more about the, about PJ, the whip Gonzalez? So, um, I got a, I, I somehow have a Facebook fan page, but it's not with uh, PJ, the whip. It's still under the, my old gimmick, uh, whip mistress. Uh, but you can find me on, on Facebook too, uh, my personal page. Like if you Google, if anybody has access to Google, you can, you have two options. You can type my name, uh, Paola mm-hmm. Gonzalez, and now that comes to wrestling, and you're going to find me easily in there. You're going to see my, <laughs> my, my, my web page. You're going to see my. You're not the, you're not the lawyer from South Carolina. You're the, the wrestler, right? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Or you can type PJ the Whip Gonzalez. That's my my gimmick. Uh, PJ the Whip, and you are going to find matches, and you're going to find me on on social media too. Uh, but if you want uh, direct access, uh, my tweet Twitter account uh, is at PJ Gonzalez thirty uh, nine. I'm also on Instagram too. Uh, I don't remember my Instagram from top of my head, unfortunately. But I have Instagram, so yeah. Um, <laughs> And uh, sorry, I don't mean to laugh. But... Um, and yeah, uh, but yeah, searching PJ the Web Gonzalez, you can find my my web page uh, to support me if anybody is interested in helping uh, my circus. You know, uh, now that I have my my tag partner, the reptilian creeper uh, out there, he eats so much food, he may need some some help. You know, so uh, <laughs> just uh, 
find me on uh, on PayPal, uh, pjgonzalez34 uh, at Gmail. You know, I accept donations of all kind, also money. <laughs> so I found your Instagram if you'd like it, if you'd like me to tell people. Go for it. Tell people. P PJ Gonzalez 42 Yes, that's my Instagram. Yeah, that is correct. They can, they can follow me. Uh, I don't guarantee that I may follow somebody that I don't know back, but who knows, you know? If, uh, <laughs> if, if people seem nice and they have, like, uh, uh, things that I, that I support, yeah, I may, follow, I may follow people back, too, you know? But, yeah, they can find me in those, in those media. I post video, photos, things of, uh, that, that I do, you know? Um, and if anybody has any question about how to get to a restaurant school, you know, like, they can message me, too, you know? Uh, through those platforms, you know, and uh, I would try to put, to hook them up with people that I know that are going to help them, you know. Awesome. Silas, how can we, uh, how can we follow you if you want people to follow you? Uh, yeah, you can find me, uh, my personal Facebook is Silas Barrett, and you can find, uh, I do writing for tour.com uh, under Silas Barrett as well, and my Twitter and Instagram are that sci guy, S-Y, uh, I don't tweet a lot, and Instagram is mostly pictures of my dog, but he's very cute, so you should check that out. And also, Worthwhile you can Instagram. find out more about me by going to scowlfight.com and finding out about my character, Sam Eagle Eye. He doesn't miss a thing. And also, all of our other amazing performers. Awesome, yeah. Uh, for me... I was going to say that I like the, the, the name of your ref, uh, your ref <laughs> name. Sam Eagle Eye, you know. Thank you. <laughs> it's it's hilarious, you know. Like, yeah. Girls are supposed to have a very good vision, you know, like 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 fantastic to be able to see like from far away everything that is happening, you know. But as a ref, you miss so much stuff, you know. It's, it's sort of the the refs the refs problem is that like oh That's you know you, it's call everything you see but don't see much, uh, so. Which is kind of the gag. It's the idea yep. that he's like a real stickler for the rules. And he's like goes on top of things, and that's not how refs in in, in wrestling work at all. So it's a lot Which of fun. Which is why I like it a lot. Which is why I like it. It's just like the, the, the name is just a, such a great pun, you know, like on everything that pro wrestling is, you know. He also uh, has a fantastic unibrow. So yeah, he does. That unibrow got better, honestly. <laughs> yes, I've been I've been making it fancier. I think I'm gonna stick with that. Yeah, no, that's uh, that's honestly, Diane was like, "Wait, did Silas grow a unibrow?" It's <laughs> like, no, no, that is makeup. <laughs> I <laughs> could, like, but I'm not going to. Yeah. No. <laughs> Uh, so you can find me on Twitter at Lucretia Deer for L-U-C-R-E-T-I-A-D-E-A-R and then the number four. Uh, you can also find Is It Transphobic at bit.ly slash Is It Transphobic, uh, as well as on Twitter at Is It Transphobic, the easiest Twitter handle. Uh, and uh, of course, you can support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash Is It Transphobic. Thank you so much to everyone who has been supporting. I'm sorry that I do not update at all on Patreon. I uh, know that I love you and that if you're listening, uh, I, I do love you. Uh, and yes, I love you too. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you both for joining me and thank you all for listening. Thank you for having me. Is It Transphobic was produced, edited, and coordinated by Ashley Lauren Rogers. The Is It Transphobic logo was created by Phoenix Sweeney, and you can see more of their work at tinylionroars.github.io. The original music you heard was all created by Vivian Aladrin, who you can find on Bandcamp at vivianaladrin.bandcamp.com. Ad break dance, ad break dance.